Hello and welcome to episode five of Digital Signage Explored. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've got a really great episode featuring Matt Neutscher from BrightSign, where we talk about experiential digital signage. How can we add value to our employees' engagement and how can we make an experience where people will come away with a feeling or an emotion? With that, me and Matt will talk through some of the really interesting ways that he's managed to deploy this and comes with some really interesting thought processes around how we can build this out. Before we do start this episode, I will say that after this episode, we actually recorded some shoulder content, which will be coming out. There'll be a link below or wherever you're watching or listening to this where you can go and watch that, where Matt actually outlines and details a document that he's been working on for the last five years on creating a very concise method for bringing products to completion when it comes to experiential digital signage. So check out that after this. You can take that image and snapshot it. Matt's been kind enough to share that with everyone, which has some huge value. Anyway, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to Digital Signage Explored episode five. My name is Tim from Signage Live and with me today we have Matt Neutra from BrightSign, Senior Product Marketing Manager and Lead Experience Engineer. Matt, thank you very much for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Now, obviously, one of the things that we're going to be looking at today, or the main focus of today, is about experiential digital signage, uh, which is really fortuitous and kind of a juxtapose as to what we were talking about last week with Dave Haynes, where we were talking about very user function over, over fashion. Now we're kind of flipping that script and talking way more about what, what can be done, what's the experiential things that can be done with digital signage. Would you be able to give us a bit of an insight into your past and what you've done in the, previously and, and kind of what gives you that leverage to talk about it today? Yeah, sure. So prior to coming to BrightSign, I was at Bose for 20 years and I was the lead experience engineer there and also worked in research and had lots of many roles over the years, including kicking off the digital signage initiative at Bose, which was in 2005. So I've got too many years of experience uh, creating bad and good experiences <laughs> and the technology that, so we used bright sign technology when I was at Bose and started that relationship very early on. And we leveraged that technology to good effect in stores, at retail locations, at trade shows, at ex product launch experiences. So all manner of audio-visual architectural experiences had that technology at the core of it. And in the course of my 15 years of doing that specific task, um, came up with a process for experience design that solved a problem that I was having, which was bringing, um, getting the ideas out of people's heads, mm -hmm. the brilliant ideas that people had in their heads, you know, translating them into the real world using technology. And that's a difficult thing to do because there are, it's a multidisciplinary pursuit. In other words, it's not just building a room. It's not just applying technology. It's not just creating content. It's not just any of those things. It's all of those things sure. in, the pursuit of, in the pursuit of storytelling. So that's sort of my background and how I came to this place where I've developed a process and an understanding of how do you tell stories using technology, content, architecture, and melding all those things together to create a cohesive, singular human experience. Perfect. And that's actually kind of, yeah, no, you were talking about that Bose uh, installation. That was a really, we're talking about the large rollout projects there, right? How many devices was it that were being used for that? Um, well, so in the retails, so it, at one point there were hundreds of Bose stores. And each store had its own theater room, which was a unique sort of Disney-like experience where mm. you walk in there and it was an automated lighting 
video, an audio video experience. And then in the retail space, you know, in the actual store space, there were about 150,000 displays out in the world that were doing the job of demonstrating products. So, wow, that's, um, that's, uh, the definition of an enterprise scale solution. Right. And, you know, and that's obviously how my relationship with BrightSign started. And, and now I have the good fortune of working at BrightSign and being the product manager of the tool that I used for over a decade. So, um, I get to continue that work and work at it from the inside, you know, working at it from the outside as a customer mm. was certainly really exciting and a big enough customer that had attention from, from BrightSign. And now I can work on the inside with the incredible engineers, uh, the talented engineers at BrightSign to make these incredible tools even better mm -hmm. and easier to use. And so that's sort of how I got here. Okay, perfect. So I guess before we di dive too deeply into experiential digital signage, could we put some parameters on What's the definition? What what is an experiential digital signage versus you know a, a screen on the wall that's just displaying the information or content? What, what does it add? So the timing of this podcast sounds like it's pretty good, given that you were just talking about the other version of that, which is you know a screen on the wall letting you know the coffee is a dollar fifty or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Starbucks maybe it's seven fifty. The opposite of that experience, or the enhanced version of that experience, is that you walk into a space. And that space immerses you in sound and sight. And that experience is purpose built to match the physical experience, the architectural experience. Mm. And all those things work together to create a reality that you as a customer play a part in, as opposed to a passive viewer of content on a screen. So I think the definition of experiential digital signage is um, and maybe we're defining it here for the first time, is a digital experience that you are part of. Mm. And so you are experiencing it. It's around you. It's not in front of you. So think about surround sound. Think about multiple screens in front of you beyond your peripher uh, peripheral vision. Mm -hmm. Think about the immersive Van Gogh experience that sure. has, that's traveling yeah. the world where it's a projected experience. It's an audio experience. It's a, an experience that you embody. You, you sit in the experience mm. as opposed to you look at the experience. Perfect. I think that's it's a really interesting juxtapose from what we were talking about before because I think it's worth addressing that, especially when we're talking about corporate comms or communicating to employees or, or customers or however it might be, is yeah. it's not for every occasion. It's one of those things where you go, we have a big you know, flagship store, or we have a head office that we want to go and really kind of amaze and on, our new onboarded staff. That's the kind of situation we go, we need to go a step above. And it's not, it doesn't make any sense to have experiential digital signage when you're in your canteen picking up your lunch order. It's more about that, like long lasting memories and impression of, of, of a brand typically. Yeah. I would actually argue that you could do it in all those places. Okay. It's okay. just, it's, it's difficult to do that if you're not looking, if your purpose is not to do that, then mm. it won't be done. Yeah. So I think a lot of digital signage is very much passive viewer digital signage. I think we're going to see a, a, a shift in that when people start to realize that, oh, wow, I can make this experience better. So maybe you do walk into the canteen to get a coffee, but when you walk in there, you feel differently and you don't know why. Maybe it's because there's immersive audio as mm. a part of the experience. Or it may be something as subtle as the lighting changes when you walk in the room. That's what I mean by immersive experience. It's that every, all of the tools at our disposal are leveraged to improve 
or affect the human experience. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes emotional response. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, it's more thoughtful digital signage than I, I think a lot of businesses are doing today, but you're right. I think there are, there is a change in times, especially when you've got independent solutions architects internally looking at the way that they can improve, you know, brand alignment, working with marketing teams to make sure that they're really delivering the brand messaging that they want to. And you're right. I think there's just so many tools out there that maybe people aren't aware of on first blush. I know there's, from a bright sign perspective, you guys are next sphere and there's tons of peripherals that can be added from that interactive perspective. Right. From a signage live perspective, we create something called RTEs or real-time events where content being played on a screen can actually affect light sources or being connected to a one-headed player device that affects screen on-offs, lighting, projectors, curtains closing, like all the nine yards you could think about. And exactly. It's not necessarily that everybody will do all of those pieces, but having that tool set in front of you and seeing it and getting really getting the consultation, I think, to understand what is possible is where the value comes. Exactly. And, and it's really, truly about understanding. It's not about technology. And that's the thing that's really interesting to me is that as a long time, probably the longest time bright sign user, because I was, I think I may have been customer number one. <laughs> when I first started using the technology, I used it the way that everyone uses digital signage technology. It was like I had a hammer and everything looked like a nail. Right. And, you know, over time, I started to understand the power of the platform and get into every nook and cranny. And that's, it became a lot of fun because I was like, well, what can I, what can I get away with? <laughs> what can I do with this technology? And I would say that the majority of digital signage users in general, regardless of whether they're using BrightSign or any other technology, leverage about 5% of the tool. Sure. Yeah. And then, you know, if you, you've had the good fortune to do it long enough, then you have the confidence and creative leeway to use 100% of the tool. And mm. when you do that, it's incredible what you can do. I mean, I've done some, some very, I've done some incredible things with BrightSign players, you know, synchronize, you could synchronize these players. So I, I did a, there's a concept of a video wall, but I did an audio wall where I had 20 players. Each player had certain number of tracks that it was responsible for and it created an entire orchestra synchronized playing through speakers in a giant room and created an immersive audio experience with no visuals whatsoever. Wow. And um, a good friend of mine who is the technology lead for the London Philharmonia Ar Orchestra did an experience very similar to that that included video hmm. where they recorded the entire orchestra, some 50 some odd pieces you know, players, including the conductor, Asabeka Salonen, as ISOs. And then they recorded the whole thing as a cohesive experience. And they took over at two stores in a sort of an unused mall in uh, London. And you could walk, you started through this maze and you would walk past at your own pace, each individual player. And so like the triangle player would just be sitting there doing nothing. And then it'd go, ding. Oh, or, that's crazy. You know, the first violin would be playing most of the time and then sitting down and then, you know, scratching their ear or whatever. And you could walk through that experience and it was just looping. Mm -hmm. So you could experience the perspective of all individual players. And then when you get to the end of the maze, you were in this giant in the round experience where the entire orchestra was playing at once. Right. And they were playing, they're playing the planets, which is like a spectacular piece. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was all driven by bright sign players. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really, that's a really out there 
way of looking at things. And that, that really excites me because I think that people, it, a lot of it ends up being about pixel pitches and sizes and how big's the screen and how impressive. And, but I think the technology underneath it is often the thing that really drives the emotional response to these things. You know, right. it, it engages with, it just engages with you as a person rather than just a being a big wow factor. Right. What Talking about that in terms of how it can be incorporated, we talk, you obviously talked about one about retail. Is there ways that this can be utilized or have you seen ways of this being utilized in you know, corporate spaces or in other spaces that make a lot of sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the Salesforce Tower in San Francisco, when you walk into the lobby, the walls are, mm. all the walls going around and over the door and the walls will go from just normal walls to have water rushing down them or, you know, these visuals that either elicit some emotional response or convey a sense of well-being mm -hmm. or you can change the nature of a space. So I think that's the main purpose of experiential digital signage is to elicit a specific physical and emotional response. Yeah, in a positive and memorable way for them. In a positive and memorable way. Now, by the way, I've seen a friend of mine runs a haunted house, probably one of the top 10 interactive haunted houses in, Mass in, in the country, in Holyoke, Massachusetts. And he uses bright sign as well. And that is not relaxing. It's actually the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced. Right. I can imagine. And, and, and it's a physical digital thing. And that's really kind of what the immersive stuff is. It's physical digital. You are a physical participant in a digital experience. Yeah. And that, you know, sort of by definition is what that's about. And so why would you do that? Well, I'll give you a perfect example. There a project that I'm um, involved with that is about down regulation. In other words, taking your stress level down. Right. And that's a digital signage experience mm. because it's, there's audio and visual, it's synchronized that it'll be using Nextmosphere sensors to trigger the experience. So when and you, just on that, from a if you're totally new to digital signage and you're learning as you go here, Nextmosphere just allow for a range of different peripherals externally to be able to touch, interact, lift, and learn. There's touchless sensors, there's RFID sensors, magnets. I'm actually looking, centuries. yeah, looking at a board just across from me. So the push buttons, presence sensors, all these things that allow for content to be triggered based on something externally happening. And actually, that's a good segue into another aspect of experiential digital signage, which is. Think of it in the most simple form, which is at the core of a digital signage experience is a player, like a bright sign player. Mm. And then there are inputs of all kinds. Mm -hmm. And then there are outputs of all kinds. Yes. Now yes. the thing, the reason why I've been using bright sign for so long is that it has all the inputs and all the outputs and it does all of the processing and, and playback stuff that you would need to do. So um, I used to call it the experience engine. Literally, mm. that's what I called it at, at work. I said, yeah, you know, we have this experience engine. This is how we drive. This is the engine that drives the machine. And so Nextmosphere sensors are like the steering wheel or like the, and then the lights are like the signals on the car mm. or the, the horn. You know, the, if you think of it holistically, then you can really leverage the power of the technology. Now, yeah. in the case of, immersive experiences like a Nextmosphere sensor is a way for the digital technology to interact with you because mm -hmm. it knows you're there. It knows how far away you are. It knows that you're present. It knows whether you're looking or not. 
And then this experience can react to the human in a way that feels organic mm. and is, is organic because it's actually reacting to the participant. And when the participant goes away, the experience resets or starts. So in, in the case of the displays that I made for many years in retail for demonstration, demonstrating audio products, when you walked up to the display, it would sense your presence and could change the content on the screen. Mm. When you interacted with the product, it knew what to do based on what you were pressing because those buttons on the product sent serial commands and actually the product on the display, I used to joke, that's the world's most expensive button panel. Right. Because what we would do is tell the product to ignore its functions, mm. listen to the button presses and report it to the bright sign player. Then the bright sign player would decide what the product did. Yeah. So that it's making that decision for you based on your input, which can then be managed remotely or from wherever you actually need to go and control that, that output. Exactly. And so, you know, when you're doing a good digital experience, a good digital signage experience, you are in, you have a sphere of control around the product, the technology, the content, yep. the architecture and the story. Yeah. If you don't, if you lose control of any one of those things, so if you lose, if you lose control of the technology, it's a very bad problem, which is, you know, think you get a blue screen or something happened. You don't get the Windows player, you'll see mm -hmm. a blue screen. But um, when things go wrong with the technology, people don't experience it as, oh, the technology is wrong. They experience it as the story is interrupted. Yeah. That's that's really interesting, and I wanted to to divert that slightly into the next question because I think it's a good opportunity to delve into that because. We're talking a lot about narrative and story and being able to elicit certain emotions or being able to pull up, you know, memories or whatever it might be that we need to, to actually get that experience. So a lot of that, I, I think you made some good examples of Disney and some of these big products where it just makes sense. Like it's probably where your first, your first thought goes to these kind of big experiences sure. or even, um, you know, like shows or Broadway shows or things like that. Does it make sense and, and where do you see it making sense in more corporate spaces, what is the, what's the value that, that they're seeing from it? So I'll answer that question with a statement, which is most companies don't extract enough value from digital signage because mm. they're scraping the surface. They're getting value. They're getting the value that they expected. Mm -hmm. There's a sign in the lobby. It tells you the time. It does the weather. But most digital experiences are not maximizing the capability of the technology. Mm -hmm. The digital signers, bright sign players have been monstrously <laughs> capable for over a decade. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that we don't see a lot of um, more immersive stuff. And I think part of it is the hammer and the nail problem, which it, it's an education thing. Like you know, at Signage Live, you guys educate your customers as to what the possibilities are. And I think there's just not enough of that. It's not, the technology is not the problem. It's the way that humans are sharing the technology is the mm. problem most of the time. Yeah, and I think there's a level of fear involved in that as well, because you know, often right. a lot of the times if I'm, I mean, so I'll use Solutions Architect as another example, there are others obviously, but they'll often get tasked by someone on executive level or someone from the comms team to say, we need to be able to communicate better can you please go and decide how that's done? And they go, great, digital signage, that ticks the boxes. They're probably reading a lot of material online that says exactly these things we're talking about. And they go, right. great, that answers my question. And there's really no 
there's no, for them at least, there's no reason to go out of that safe space and go, what else can it do? But I think if you can get a consultant in or if you can get someone that can add that value, you actually find that you can deliver so much more value out of it in the right, right. scenario with no real additional cost or uplift. It's more just sitting down and deciding what you want to do and get it implemented. And, and you hit the nail on the head. Sitting down and deciding what to do is, mm -hmm. that is the magic. It's not about like, is the box powerful enough? Yeah. Or there are enough sensors or do, do I have enough pixels, which often is where it goes, you know, that people go to the, the easy thing, which is like, oh yeah, I just need more pixels. If I have more pixels, it's going to be better. Like, yeah. No, it's like, you could have no, three yeah. pixels. You could have a three pixel experience that if it tells a good story, it's a better experience. So is it now, and this is actually one of the, the preempted questions I have, but is, is it now the right time for organizations to be looking at doing more experience with digital signage? Does it make sense to have those conversations with the marketing strategy and really sit down and talk about what the value is? And if so, what would you advise be the questions that they need to ask themselves before doing that? So I, I have sort of a three-step process. The first step is define the experience. Mm. The second step is break down that very crisp human experience into the work that needs to be done across these five domains, product, technology, content, architecture, and story. Mm. Build a prototype using the, that methodology and then decide there's any good project that I've ever worked on has two phases, a, a prototype phase where you build one thing mm. to prove that you have all of the knowledge and technology and whatever that you need content. And then when you got into that prototype, you can ask the question, what's missing across those five domains? Mm. Do I not have the ability to create content? So does it need 10 K video? Okay. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. Or is the architecture not right? Is the space too small? You can go through, so you build a prototype to answer all these questions. And if you can answer all these questions across those five domains, you now have a producible and reproducible experience. So when I would do displays that would go out in the 10,000s, right? You build 10,000 headphone displays, mm. build a prototype and then bang on it for some period of time mm. and then realize, oh, wow, product has a problem. It, you know, falls asleep or it has some problem. Like, sure. You have to send this thing out into the world and it has to run seamlessly with no human interaction, mm -hmm. which is why BrightSign is so great because you can remotely touch the player and see how things are going. Yeah. So when you do that, when you go through that exercise, define the experience, break it down into the work streams, build a prototype. And then the last step is either prototype or produce. So if you have lots of remaining questions, when you build your prototype, you iterate that until mm. you iron out all the questions across those domains. So there's create the experience, break into the work streams, the fork in the road, prototype or production. If I can look across all those domains and say, I have no questions across all these things. Guess what? You have a brief and you have something you can make 10,000 of. Perfect. Or something that you can deploy with no issues. And I think that's exactly, especially I kind of pose this from a solutions architect question, and that's a very solutions ar architecturally minded way of approaching it is make the document, understand the structure and, and build a rigid workflow plan that makes sense from the level above that as well, I think, because 
there's always, especially with digital signage, we end up dealing with two, two sides of the same brain. You know, you've got the very uh, methodical ones and zeros, and then you've got more the kind of, you know, where I sit, to be honest with you, from a marketing perspective, more like, eh, this color doesn't make me feel right, or this doesn't, this shape or this size. Right. So you almost need those two pieces to come together. And the, the first step is always saying, okay, someone's about to walk in. What is the space? So let's say it's a boardroom or a boardroom where all hands meetings happens regularly and you have tens or 20 or 30 or 100 individuals that are really kind of key to the company. And you say, well, we want to make them feel pride. So pride is, is where we want to start with, like literally just a basic human emotion. And then how do we yeah. elicit that pride? What is, is it brand recognition? Is it understanding all of the... And that's where content, I think, comes into play a lot. And there is a lot of parity here, what we're talking about, with what I would consider more traditional digital signage, because a lot of the same questions need to be asked. Like, do a proof? We tell people to do a proof of concept, even if they have ten bright sign players and a screen and, and ten screens. We say just do one. Make sure you yeah. understand, formally understand all of the steps. But we're talking now, obviously, the the next level above that. Like, people are right. far more capable. What else can we extract from that experience? So, I didn't quite answer your question the right way. I went to these solution architect space. No, no, that's great. That's perfect. The solution architect version of that is what I described. But your question was more about how do corporations, so like people who are creative directors or people who are in some higher level position who can do the very important job of writing checks, (laughs) um, how do those people engage the right resources to create experiential digital signage? Sure. And so the answer to that question, what what advice would I give an executive that wants to create a great experience in their lobby. So what are the telltale signs of the right resource? So if I engage with an agency externally, and the first thing that they start telling me is, oh, we've got this, you know, we've got this technology that does this great thing. That's a reason to turn and walk away. Right. If you have someone who says, oh, tell me about what experience you're trying to create, then you're talking to the right people. Right Now, of course, they need to also have competencies across the five domains that I talked about. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there are very few places where you can go to say, okay, someone who understands how to talk about product, understands technology, understands content creation for that technology, mm-hmm. um, understands the architectural components of that, and then understands good storytelling. Yeah. So you could ask questions across those domains. So for example, you could say, tell me what about your storytelling process. Tell me about your builds process. Tell me about your content creation process. Tell me about your technology integration process. Mm. It's a lot, it's a broad spectrum to have to have to have that. And, and I think typically you, you start with one of them and the question comes from one side or the other. And then you have to, you know, consult or, or get the right infrastructure in, right. in to have those questions answered before you go into that stage of iterating and making that product perfect. Yeah. And you also have to, when you're engaged in this, you know, once you find the right company and you're engaged in that process, it's very easy. And I've seen this happen many times where if you're dealing with someone who is leading the project and their expertise is architecture. Mm. You have to be very careful that they don't ignore those other components. Or if you are dealing with someone who creates content, I've seen this probably more often than anything, where there are plenty of companies that create content mm. and say they understand technology and say they understand storytelling. And so they start to develop content. And then when it comes to integrate that with the technology, yeah, the wheels fall off the bus. Sure. So if you have this holistic mindset to start with and you have this experience-centric mindset to start with, mm. 
then you can keep track of the experience as the goal, not producing the content as the goal or creating the architecture as the goal or, you know. Yeah, it's almost like if you're leading this initiative, the best thing you can do is get out of your own way and almost have like a childlike mentality of going, what would, how would I feel if I walked into this room and I was five again? You know, am I going to be like, wow, I want to go touch things. I want to go, I want to go understand the world around me. Exactly. And that's exactly why that three-step process that I use starts with define the experience. Yeah. Because that is the North Star that everybody on the project, no matter what domain they're in, mm -hmm. is beholden. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you're beholden to the experience, then there's no excuses. Like if someone's going down the technology path and they're banging that drum, all the project manager has to say is, how is that affecting the experience? Mm -hmm. And the answer to that question will either be, positively or negatively yeah and then you know what to do in that moment so that's how you keep things on track is to define the experience and use the experience as the yardstick yeah yeah don't lose sight of what the goal is and don't get too tied up in the nuts and bolts and if it gives the delivery then great and then i think there is some other questions there around scalability but i think it is very dependent on what your use case is. I know there's a lot of experiential centers or, or, or setups, as you said, some of them are pop-up shops that are there for two weeks. And that was the yeah. entire life cycle of that product. And then it kind of gets torn apart and, and thrown away. And, and other ones are more, they're there for an extended period of time, but they're only going to be ever shown at three main head offices. And right. another thing we haven't touched on that I, I want to make sure we cover as well is that I think this is often discussed during part of an extensively large refit or a new building's been purchased or something that it's often when a complete refresh has happened where people go, okay, well, let's do this right this time. You know, we've dealt with a building we kind of inherited or rooms or spaces we've kind of inherited and dealt with. But now that we have this opportunity to do a complete factory reset, what, what is our ideal envisagement of this room or this building? And that's the opportunity to say, you've got one or two or three or however many different experiential centers they tie in with the same system as your other more formal or functional digital signage. And the, the pairing of both of those gives that complete experience where you have the, wow, holistically, this really feels like an engaging piece for me. And as mm -hmm. throughout my day, and it's actually becoming, I was talking to, uh, to someone about this the other day, it's actually becoming a driving factor in employees' decision-making. Where do they want to work? When Google, some 20 odd years ago, kind of came on and said, hey, look at our Google office spaces, and they were like slides going into, into play pens yeah. and all this kind of stuff, it really flipped on the head what an office environment should be. And I think that's become right. more of a, a factor in getting the right employees on board as well. Yeah. Now, my brother worked for Google in the San Francisco office, and I knew what to expect because he'd been working there for five years. And it's like going there and you'd sign in, you'd get a badge, you'd go down the slide to the barista and get a, you know, cappuccino and then there was a sushi bar it was like total madness yeah um, but if you think about what's going on in digital signage or what's possible in digital signage there are there are companies that have been in that space for a long time mm. and so if you are you know your your ceo or your chief marketing officer and you're you're looking to create an experience like this you can go to you know there, there are places companies you could turn to who have been doing this for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there are companies who have just got on the scene. You could tell the difference. Mm. There's a hardware point of view that, you know, the way that we at BrightSign approach this hardware is that that's all we do. Yeah. I mean, there's SOC screen 
screens, companies, other companies, screen manufacturers that are putting digital signage as an add-on. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm imagining if you're that customer and you I have a that, problem, like, yeah, I think I know what you're about to say. Yeah. Yeah. You, you call the corporate office and, and say like, Hey, my digital signage, you know, that, that thing that you do 1% of your time, mm -hmm. you help me with that thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we, I'm on customer calls every week because that's literally all we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really key point. Actually looking at this from a, okay, let's put ourselves in, in a situation where chief marketing officer and we've been, we want to deliver this and we want to deliver the experience. And I'm sure we're looking at different options of what's available speaking to, and, and candidly, you know, both Brightside and Signage Live, then really the first thing that gets picked up or shouldn't necessarily be, it should be the sure. content and the experience. But the next piece is often speaking to a reseller or a consultant or someone who knows the space. And I would always advise to try and avoid that all, all in one fit solution where it's, hey, we do all of our own stuff and it's all inbuilt because you're never really going to get the full breadth of the experience across the board because you're going to miss out on certain pieces and that will probably be fine depending on what you're looking to do. But if you do need, you know, direct support on software solutions, if you do need direct support on hardware troubleshooting, and then tying all of that into the right consultative approach or reseller, whoever you speak to, and there's tons of really, really good ones out there that are phenomenal, oh, yeah. then yeah. that's going to make your life so much easier. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have DMS partners like mm -hmm. yourself who have tons of experience with this stuff. And so it's not a, it's really not about the hardware. I mean, the hardware is great, but it's about the humans behind the hardware. And that's the differentiator. If you have someone who's been working on in this space for 15 years mm -hmm. on the other end of the phone, when you, as a first time user of the technology, start to imagine I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And you know, that person on the other end of the line can say, you know what? I know that you think that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, you can't but, buy you can't buy the experience. Yeah, that just comes yeah. with time. It comes with time, and so part of all the technology vendors and content creators and the people that work across those domains I mentioned, there are there's a lot of institutional knowledge built into those into those functions mm. that you want to be the beneficiary of. One hundred percent, perfect. Matt, I, I really appreciate your time. I think it's been so insightful to, to sit down with you and, and just extract some of this knowledge from you. I know you've had tons and tons of experience in a world which is not particularly large. You know, there's, there is not a huge volume of individuals that have the amount of knowledge that you have. So I really do appreciate your time. If anybody wants to come and find you or find any resources that you're involved with, where's the best place to come? Um, well, uh, is the best place to go. I and mean, if you want to learn more about the technology and I'm on LinkedIn, I don't, I'm really not on any other platforms, but I think there are lots of good resources that are not associated with me that people could draw from to, to learn about these spaces. And I, and I would encourage people to also, you know, look at, there are plenty of resources out there for experience design mm. that are independent of technology. And so I would start with the storytelling part of the equation. Mm -hmm. And then back yourself into the technology side of it, because without the storytelling background, the technology part is really not that important. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and it's the same thing we say for when we're talking about CMSs is you can pick a whole range of different CMSs, but if you don't know what you can do with the content, you might as well not bother because it is the first step. And, and I guess experience is the step even before that when you're looking at experien experiential digital right. signage. Perfect. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Matt. I really appreciate your time. I hopefully we'll have you again on, on the show another time for something else, but, uh, but appreciate you, you taking some time and spending, uh, spending that with us today. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. And that's episode five. Thank you very much for joining us for episode five of Digital Signage Explored. I hope you found that really, really insightful. Again, as I said, that uh, shoulder content that Matt and I did after this, where we go through that process of creating uh, a new experience in digital signage, will be available on the links uh, attached to this audio or on the video format. If you'd like to learn more about digital signage, follow us at Signage Live on LinkedIn, or you can follow me, Tim Baker, on LinkedIn as well. Again, if you would like to leave us a like, a share, a comment, or a review, it really helps us build out a bigger community of people that can help each other build better digital signage. You'll be able to leave any comments and feedback on there, but if you have anything specifically you think that we'd like to cover or would make sense for us to cover, do let us know. And if you'd like to be on the show, let us know as well. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn to discuss that further. Thank you very much again for joining us on episode five. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs>